A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. Hello and welcome to A Gay and a Non-Gay. I'm Dan. I'm non-gay. Yeah, okay. Everyone knows you're non-gay. Stop flaunting it. Stop pushing it in our faces, okay? I'm James and I'm gay. Um, hi to Kevin who messaged us on our listener group this week. If you want to join, go to facebook.com slash groups slash gay non-gay. It's such an amazing place for everyone to just chat to each other about episodes and stuff. And Kev said this morning he'd caught up on Drag Race, but then was listening to Foo Fighters and basically some elements of his personality are camp and other parts are straight, but ultimately he's Kevin. There's no such thing as a stereotypical gay or non-gay for that matter, right? Exactly. Like, not all straight people love football, for example. Or not all straight people love cars and Top Gear. Wait, do they not? <laughs> do straight people really not all love Top Gear? Car talk is, is, the, is the worst. Motorway chat as well. That's another straight topic of conversation that I absolutely hate. What is motorway chat? Sorry, I've never heard of that before. Oh, it's completely standard. If you go anywhere in the country... People go, oh, how did you get here? You took the, uh, took, did you take the M1 or did you take the A16 or whatever? The big news in Stella Hole for quite a long time was that they had they had got rid of this roundabout. And to, to be fair, it's completely ridiculous and unnecessary. Like they're getting rid of a roundabout that is doing no one any harm. And all, all it, <laughs> no one any all, harm. And now, as everyone's approaching what used to be the roundabout, they don't know what they're doing because they're suddenly realizing, oh, there's not a roundabout here anymore. Wow. Welcome to the Gay and Gay. It gets better from here. Trust me. <laughs> Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. For about for about two years, you'd go to a wedding. Dan, I don't want to. You'd know. go to like a wedding. If there's anyone from Soda Hole, the chat would just be about this roundabout. Straight people really need some help. They need some help. <laughs> Girl. Okay, so with Pride cancelling all over the world, we've decided to have our own Pride inside by getting some of our favourite LGBTQ plus people and allies on our podcast. Yeah, and one of the best things, arguably the best thing I've seen so far since we've been in lockdown, is a thing that's going viral on Twitter from the BBC Weather icon Owain Evans he's now like world famous after he played the drums along to, to the BBC News theme yeah so today please welcome Owain oh my gosh guys thank you so much for having me it's lush to speak to you both no it's so good to have a coach with you <laughs> so you can read the barometers you can play the drums speak Welsh you are literally an icon I suppose I can do all of those things but you know what's interesting is um, very rarely do those things get the opportunity to overlap so this week has been really bizarre uh, as you both were saying there it's this kind of video of me doing a weather forecast and then furiously mincing over to my drum kit <laughs> and, and then kind of playing the uh, the bbc news music that's the forecast stay safe Oh my gosh, I've absolutely not expected it to have the reaction that it's had. It's been brilliant. But if you're a drummer and you watch it, it's complete kind of overplaying, which is, you know, essentially camping it up from the word go. But it's worked really well and people have liked it. Is that a faux pas in the uh, in the drumming community? I suppose it is, yes. I'm a drummer, but a weather forecaster as well. And I think that 
I always watch people's drum cover videos and they tend to be quite kind of straight and this absolutely isn't. But I think that's what people have enjoyed about it, you know? So you're doing the weather from home, right, at the minute? Yeah, that's right. So I'm doing the weather from home. So normally I would do it from Salford, but obviously these are strange times and everyone is is having to work or most people anyway are having to try to work in a different fashion even if you have to go into work now you know the sort of rules are completely different aren't they um me it's doing the weather forecast from home how did you do the weather from home like how did you get the map inside your house (laughs) (laughs) well it's all a bit of smoke and mirrors james um i have uh, i've got this massive green screen honestly my dining room is looking most bizarre at the moment. It's got a drum kit in it. It's got this green screen in it. But the weather forecasts are largely um, recorded outside because the weather is good at the moment. So clever that you can just do the weather from home in your dining room. Ridiculous. Do you yeah. just finish and then you head into the kitchen? That's the thing, you know, it's it's very strange. Um, I don't know if you, you guys have found this and maybe some of uh, the listeners have as well. When you're working from home, all of a sudden you have to put your workplace into your house, obviously, by the very nature of what you're doing but when I started off working from home I found it really hard and Aaron my husband said to me you know oh and you've got to stop I was kind of recording the weather forecast and then I was going to the sofa just lounging there like a sex kitten and editing things together <laughs> you know <laughs> like your faux fur draped, draped over me I'm kind of oh I can do this here it's very comfortable but now I've set up the dining room as, as an office because you've got to have that separation from it being your home and your workplace and I was ending up working late into the night because I was just lying on the sofa trying to do all my work on my phone. But now it's a lot more organised and obviously the production of it and having to record weather forecasts in broadcast quality has to be somewhere suitable. So that was either in front of the green screen or it was in the garden or wherever. But it's been really weird, guys. I used to think the weather was quite dry until you came along. <laughs> Wahey! How did you find the strength to just, to just be you? Because it, it's not easy to just stand up and be... 100% authentic and gay yeah. anywhere, let alone publicly. When I first started doing it, you know, I won't lie to you both, it was strange in the way that people were reacting to it. I did get some homophobic comments, and I still do to a certain degree. But when you're unapologetically being yourself, it will polarise some people. And I've worked in various regions across the UK as a weather presenter. And I think it was kind of a decision that I made from the start that... When I started doing this, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to be me and I'm going to put a bit of personality into it. And in many ways, the weather allows you to do that. So for me, it was it was quite easy, actually. You know, I just thought I'm just going to do this and I'm going to be me. I'm going to shoehorn a bit of personality and flamboyance in. And the audience have really just taken to me and it's been lovely. And I'm not playing a, a part, you know, I'm not. This isn't a character. It is me, really. We were talking to Stephen Bailey last week on our podcast about the word camp and whether it's an act because he was on mastermind and the host had said like is this an act you're just putting on for tv Mm -hmm. and i find that like an offensive question i wonder like where you stand on the word camp do you find it offensive do you think when some people use that word they're hiding some homophobia or is the word just fun that's a really really good question thank you (laughs) (laughs) it's all about context really whether or not if it's used you know if someone were to say to me god you're so camp you know in a kind of aggressive way obviously i would find that insulting but i embrace my campness and that interview sounds really interesting and you know some people saying that it is an act well for some people perhaps it is but for other people 
people. It's not. It's it's me. You know, it is. It's what I am. I suppose it's part of my personality. So I, you know, would describe myself as camp and flamboyant. Absolutely, yeah. It's so interesting because in my head, I, I do bits of work for the BBC and we've done stuff. But in my head, I just like I just feel like local news. I just feel like that would be really stuffy. And the second that you turned up, they'd be like, what the hell are you doing? But you're saying it's not like that at all. <laughs> the things that you guys have done, you know, and stuff like Radio 1 and you've got BBC 3. Like I've done some stuff with BBC 3 for Drag Race UK. And, you know, you have these kind of outlets. You kind of just assume that they are more accepting and, and in many ways, I suppose, liberal in that sense uh, and then when you think of the six o'clock news and regional news at 6 30 you think that it is going to be a little bit more here is a person behind the desk delivering you the news and therefore it is more formal but i've had some really lovely feedback you know of people i think it was either last year or the year before i was doing um working at york pride i was hosting york pride and somebody came up to me and this guy was i think he said he was 15 or 14 and he said i just wanted to speak to you and say that I really like the way that you are just you on the 6.30 news because you, when I was younger, and to some degrees it perhaps is the same now, you get these big kind of network personalities who are, you know, LGBTQ and are out there and are being themselves and are embraced and, you know, that is that. But on a regional level, it's harder to find those people sometimes. And I certainly didn't have any LGBTQ role models on regional TV when I was younger. So to have people actually say that to me, that they just like the fact that I'm there, is absolutely amazing. I would say you're more international than you realise. And (laughs) actually, by being yourself, even just in a social media video, you are influencing millions of people it's funny because i grew up in the midlands so my regional news is midlands today yeah. and the weather girl on that program as i'm sure you know was shafar yeah and she is absolutely massive in the west midlands and one of my asian friends their family was so obsessed with her they would literally set the alarm for when she was on tv because it was a chance to see an asian person on tv i think that we're definitely getting to a place now where people are definitely able to see themselves as you said and also interesting what you said about Shafali then, you know, that everybody knows who Shafali is in, in the Midlands because she is a weather presenter. And I think if you're a weather presenter with a bit of personality and you allow that to come out on air, I think that people really warm to that, especially now. These are such bizarre times and people are watching the news because they want to know, of course, what's going on with coronavirus and a lot of the time the news is pretty it's pretty grim at the moment but also people really want something to smile about and people really want something that's going to lift them a bit so even if it's me putting people's pet pictures on the weather forecast on northwest tonight <laughs> me drumming along to the bbc news theme people have really embraced the opportunity we have at the moment to spread a bit of joy and happiness as well i guess i, I was saying this literally last week i used to work on a radio station and they told me to tone down my campness and that was a real struggle for me and, and is partly the reason this podcast exists actually because i decided to own it in instead have you ever had a similar situation where someone has told you to tone down and you've done the complete opposite yeah absolutely james um that's happened to me in the past 
I've had people tell me to camp it down. I've had people tell me that I'm too camp for certain things. And I know that I've missed out on opportunities in the past because people have felt that I'm too camp. And I guess, well, you know, your experience in this, I don't know if you feel the same way as I did, but I just felt, well, fine, if they didn't want me for that project... I obviously wasn't right for it and it wouldn't have worked. And I'm not going to apologise for who I am. So something better will come along. But yeah, I've absolutely been asked to camp it down in the past or um, even kind of hide who I am, I suppose. But I've not had those experiences recently with any people who I've worked with. And if anything, I've been embraced and they want this. You know, it's it's something that is, is appreciated now. You mentioned that you, you have received some negative tweets mm. and there was an interview with you, I think, uh, where you were talking about some of the bad reactions you've had from people on Twitter. Mm. I sometimes find homophobia quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering if you've ever had anyone tweet you something that is so ridiculous. Somebody the other day um, said that they had blocked me and they didn't want to see me appearing on their timeline. But because I'm appearing on various platforms, I'm still appearing. And they were asking how I can be blocked completely. And it's like, well, sorry, hun, that's not possible. And then there were people who would ask, oh, please, can you just present the weather and not do this big act? It's not a big act, darling. It's me. What they want is a response and what they want is a reply. So to kind of block people, I think, is more satisfying if they're being homophobic. I found that too, actually. I I would reply to people. I'd be more likely to reply to negativity than positivity. Yeah. And we have to just train ourselves to kind of focus on what's going well. Mm. At, at, well, find the love, I guess. Yeah. We got one the other day. I mean, this is, this is so stupid. It was a DM on Instagram and it said words to the effect of again and on game, more like again and a nonce. Really? <laughs> what? It was like a nonce and a non game, right? I don't know. <laughs> J- James was hilarious and started chatting to the guy like, all right, mate. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I just thought I'd put my straight hat on for a minute. Um, you actually came out when you were 16, which is, I, I think I came out when I was 15 to my parents and it is really young to do it at that age. How, how was that for you? Yeah. Yeah, I came out to kind of some friends when I was about 16. And then I came out to my parents later. And I grew up in a place called Ammonford in southwest Wales. It's a ex-mining town. I grew up in a kind of very sort of working class um, upbringing family, I suppose. You know, we never had very much money, but there was always plenty of love and we never went without. But it was hard because, and I gosh, I'm not the first person to say this, But growing up somewhere like that, where I literally was the only gay in the village, it made me feel very insecure and left me with insecurities that lasted for a very long time about identity, purely because I felt like I was the only person who perhaps was like this. A gay and a non-gay. Exciting news, guys. Our brand new merch is basically out now. Go to our website, gaynongay.shop. 10% of all sales go to Mermaids, an amazing trans charity in the uk looking out for kids and their families yeah so the t-shirt's really cool you can select what pronouns that you want so you can have either he him she her or they them and you click on the drop down which one you want and then that one is highlighted and the others are greyed out so people know what pronouns you are. It's really cool. Yeah, and really importantly, what we wanted to do is to make sure that everybody was visible and that when you're wearing your pronouns proudly, you're also supporting everyone else's because they're all listed on the T-shirt, but only yours and the ones you identify with are highlighted. So wear your pride inside and get yourself one of our new pronoun T-shirts. What's the website, Dan? It's gayandongay.shop.
So you're married, you got married a few years ago. What did you walk down the aisle to? Because there's a lot of options. Was it raindrops keep falling on my head, maybe? It's raining men by the weather girls. <laughs> so we got married in London when we lived there. It was brilliant at a place called Brunswick House, which is in Vauxhall. There were no weather girls. There was a lot of Celine Dion. Um, because <laughs> Dion. Uh, there were also a lot of Welsh cakes because we'd asked our families. Aaron is from Merthyr Tydfil. We'd asked our families if they would just bake some Welsh cakes to bring to the evening so people could enjoy a Welsh cake. And oh my God, honestly, there were so many Welsh cakes. There were bloody Welsh cakes everywhere. Wahey! Another amazing moment that you you did, Owen, was the the drag themed weather. <laughs> and I just wondered who you're loving on RuPaul's Drag Race right now. Oh my gosh, I really like Heidi. Oh, same. Oh. I can't talk to Dan about this. He refuses to watch Drag Race. He hasn't got time for it. Dan, you've got to watch it. Oh, God. We have this conversation every week. <laughs> and I've I got too much to watch. My Netflix list is big. So is Heidi your winner? I was really happy, spoiler alert, at how well Heidi did oh this week. Oh, my gosh. I was delighted. Honestly, I was screaming at the TV. Um, I think I nearly oh, cried. And you know what I love about Heidi is that she's very funny off camera, but when she's not performing, she's hilarious. She comes across right. as being very nice and I, I'm a sucker for that, you know. If I think someone's nice, I will automatically root for them and I will automatically want them to do well. And she followed yeah. me the other day and I was... <gasps> I know, what? I know. No. I was, again, it was a sort of screaming moment. Heidi and Claude. Heidi and Claude. She's my favourite Paul gives her a really hard time about the name Heidi in Closet, but I I love the play on words, as in hiding in the closet, hiding closet. I think it's great. I don't know what RuPaul's problem is, but I mean, RuPaul has a lot of problems, (laughs) to be fair. What RuPaul (laughs) says goes, so we have to to respect the mother. Which is why you should watch, Dan. I was just sat here thinking, is Heidi Closet some sort of wacky play on (laughs) hiding in the closet? And I guess it (laughs) is. Yeah, absolutely, it is, yeah. Owen, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. It's been such a delight, you darling. You Hans, you're doing a great job and I'm so chuffed to be on the podcast. So thank you for having me and thank you for the love. Right, we've got something very special to end our podcast. Owen has agreed to play us out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because your theme tune, would you call it your theme tune? Yeah, yeah I would say tune. that that's our theme. Yeah, I mean, there's two themes. There's the gay one and the non-gay version, but I think the non-gay version is a lot more mask and I think that works uh, for the drums. Oh you know yeah, I mean? and I'm, you know, I'm feeling so mask for mask at the moment. And can I I say your theme tune is amazing as well because it's very kind of drum friendly it's got some <laughs> rocky drums and guitars in it amazing, oh, amazing. it's so amazing. funny you say that because uh, it was produced by queer music producer bright light bright light and oh. they obviously don't have any experience in making metal music at all <laughs> and i think they'll be very impressed with your feedback <laughs> oh my gosh that is amazing well in that case i'm gonna get my sticks and i'm gonna play you out now guys okay take it away babe. thanks babe See you both soon. Find us on your socials at Gay Non Gay. Listen at GayNonGay.com or just search Non Gay on your fave pod app.